What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Stepping out of bondage and grabbing hold of God's promise. Circumstances can't stop me, and neither will they block me. Today I feel unmovable. Nothing's impossible. To walk on water, to calm the sea. Can be free just being me. To walk on water. To calm the sea. To speak to mountains. I can be free just being me. that you can be free. As I am here today in Florida, 
for the prophetic intensive here with Eternal Change Ministries and Boca Raton. I am honored to be able to wake up and see another day. As you know, we always start out with a word of prayer because we want God to be the honored guest as I begin to share with you what he's placed on my heart for you this morning. I just pray, we're going to enter in right now, Father God, I pray that you will begin to minister and touch to every person listening to the sound of my voice right now. I pray for everyone that will listen on demand. Father God, there are those that are going to work this morning, and they are uh, starting their day afresh, and they want to make sure that they get to work safely, that they have traveling mercies as they go to their job or to drop the children off at summer camp. And, Father God, for those that are, are, are listening on demand at a later time, Father God, you know exactly where they are in their life right now, what they need, the comfort that they need from you the provision that they need from you, Father. So I pray that you begin to move on them right now and have your way in them. I pray, Father God, that you will begin to open up doors and you will begin to close doors that no man can open and open doors that no man can close. And, Father God, if we didn't get it right yesterday and if we didn't get it right last night, oh, praise God that we have another day another 24 hours to humble ourselves before you, confess our sins, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father God, we bless you and understand that you truly are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that we honor you and give you all praise and all glory, because if it was not for you, we would be nothing. So Father God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you that you allowed him to die on the cross for the propitiation of our sin so that we could stand boldly before you, boldly coming before your presence, boldly ushering out your name, and to be able to give you glory, honor, and praise for what you do in our lives each and every day, deserved and undeserved, because we truly deserve nothing. So, God, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited. I am here in what I call my hometown, Florida, for the prophetic intensive. It is a time of intense training, a time of intense word of God that that just is mind-boggling. So if any of you are in the Florida area, I really do encourage you to come to Jesus People Proclaim International Ministries here on uh, federal Highway, the 3200 block of Federal Highway, and and join us in our evening services uh, Thursday night and Friday. Uh, so I thank you, and I really hope you guys come. Well, many of you know that we've been talking about the holiness of God. Last week we talked about the love of God, and for a few weeks before that we spoke extensively on why we need a Savior. Why is it so important? And we talked about that, that God is holy. You know, and and because he's a holy God, because sin does not stand in his presence, sin does not come into the presence of God, that we needed a Savior to pay for the sins that we would commit past, present, and future. And that person was Jesus Christ. But it seems that in our society nowadays, people have no clue why they needed a Savior. But God loves us enough. So last week we talked about 
the love of God, the love of God, that he loved us so much. It's almost like a, like a Resurrection Sunday message because we want to remind people that God loves us so much. Now, that love does not mean or give us the right to live any kind of way and act any kind of way. The grace that comes from the love of God that it gave us, that we now have grace and we're no longer under the law, does not mean that we're not still responsible to live righteously, that we're no longer in bondage to the sin that once beset us, the sin that once kept us bogged down. Well, today I wanted to really just share with you a word of encouragement Many people are hurting today, and I want to encourage all of you, under the sound of my voice, whether it be on demand or live, whether you're getting it at the beginning or coming in at the I want each of you to know that you are so special and so precious in the sight of God. And the great thing about the blood of Jesus is that it's so powerful, it is so anointed, it is so wonderful that, that it saves all. And all we have to do, regardless of what we've done, what we will do or shall do, God's love, if, we, it, if it is received, is always there for us. It's not an excuse for us to stay bound to our sin. And we talked about that in the book of Romans. We've gone over several scriptures there that we don't want to be bound up to the world's way. We want to immerse ourselves into the presence of God. We really want to live our lives each and every day where we are perfectly pursuing our perfection in Christ. Why do I say it that way? Because to say, oh, I'm not perfect, we know that. We know that there was only one perfect man that ever lived, and that was Jesus Christ. So for us to say we're not perfect is kind of like, duh, we know this. But what do we know? We know that as we pursue Christ, as we humble ourselves, as we submit to the word, which is the will of God, we will begin to become transformed by the renewing of our mind, which then transforms our soul, our emotions. We then become in line with the word of God. What happens when we do that? We begin to then love as Christ loves. We walk as Christ walks. We think as Christ thinks. Why? Because our mind, with control, which is our, our emotions, our will are now controlled by the spirit of God or the spirit of the word of God that now lives abroad in our life. We want to be like Paul in Galatians 2, chapter 20. So let's turn there. Let's go to Galatians 2, chapter 20. And you know, guys, that I like to use different translations periodically because I believe it gives us a new flavor and understanding of what God is saying to us. So let's look at that. And I love this verse because it gives a really, really practical depiction of what we should look like. So we're looking at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and I am going to read from the English Standard Version today. So if you have that, you can follow along with me. And it is a really great verse. So what it says, I have been 
crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is a very powerful verse because it really gives a, a, a gives us a, a depiction and an understanding of what that our life in Christ should look like daily. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. In other words, I'm dead. When Christ died, I died. Whoever that person was, that old stuff, they, they died. So the person that you see now, I'm living, um, no longer lives, but I who live. He said, but Christ who lives in me. So now what are we doing? I'm walking out. You and I, those of us, saints of the most high God, we are walking out what Christ did. In other words, if the word of God says that Christ died and we're no longer in bondage to sin, excuse me, guys, then we're walking that out. So what does that look like? Okay, I don't do what I used to do. I don't talk the way that I used to talk because the life that I am now living, I am living by Christ Jesus. See, thing we do, Christ is our foundation. Everything that we say, Christ is our foundation. We are to be sold out. We don't function on the world system. We function on a kingdom system. We function on what the word of God says. That's what we want to do because we've been bought with a price, and that price, again, was Jesus Christ. We've been bought with something that is so powerful, that is so loving, and he's so there. And he wants to go and deal with every area. Well, I want to talk about something today because I know that many of you are hurting. And as I said earlier, this is to encourage you. Many of you may be wondering, why has God allowed these things? And you fill in the blank because you know what these things are to happen in my life. And I will say this to you. I don't have any answers for you necessarily. I don't know why he may have let your husband or your wife walk out on you or for you to lose your job and you have children or for your kids to get sick or whatever the situation may be. What I do know is this. We live in a sinful world and sin happens. And it's not that God is not in control. He is in control. But man has free will and free reign. The great thing about God that we don't see is that because of he's God and because of his grace, there is like a, he withholds so many other things that could happen to us. But here's the thing, guys. His heart breaks every time we go through a situation that's negative, ungodly, hurtful, painful. He holds our tears in his hands. He has a bowl with them. But the greatest thing that we can do is not to blame God, but to ask God, to seek God, to draw closer to him, seek understanding and strength and love from him, because he is the one that will do that. And although all things are not good, he can turn it for your good. How is that? He can put you in a position where you're helping thousands and millions of people. He can put you in a situation where you're now exposed to bring truth to a situation. He can heal you and renew you in areas and give you strength in areas that you did not know that you were strong in. And then it begins to heal us. It purges us 
because we begin to go to God. And sometimes our situations are our doing, but we don't see it right away because we've been so hurt, so bound by so many things that have happened in our lives. Well, God will allow things to come to begin to, to, to slough those things off as we draw closer to him. So the, the issue is never to turn from God and blame God, but to always allow ourselves to be drawn to him. The enemy is a liar. He is an absolute liar. He is a deceiver. He wants to steal the truth, the love, and the purpose of God from our lives. And so he'll do anything, distractions, confusion, that will bring that that will take away your peace, you know, because he doesn't want you to be all you can be. He doesn't want you to have that relationship with God where he can speak to you in the still of the day, in the still and the quiet of the night, and he can speak to you and comfort your soul and your spirit. The enemy doesn't want you to experience that. He wants you to blame God and think God is mean and bad, and if God was really in control, then why did he? You know, go back to the beginning of the book, guys. The earth fell, and sin came into the earth. And now God is allowing things to run its course, and he's going to come back again. We have to believe that. But he loves us with an absolute everlasting love, and it's an intentional love. And it's so powerful that even though we don't want to believe that he could save a murderer, he could save a rapist, he could save a pedophile, because he's God. And when it comes to sin, if a person receives, according to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, if they receive the free gift and actually open up the gift and use the gift, you know, a gift has to be used. If somebody gives you a gift and you put it in a closet, what good is that gift? It, it lies dormant. You don't get the benefits of the gift. But if you use the gift and appropriate his love, appropriate his forgiveness, appropriate his healing, appropriate the relationship, all that he came to do, all that his, de- his, his death on the cross died to give us, if we appropriate that, then we can re- we receive it, we can re- appropriate it. But if we stick it in the closet, and, and treat it like, oh, I got a gift that's in the closet. It's like having a garage door opener that will open a garage door, but yet you never hit the button. You never activate the power. It's the same thing. God loves us. I don't care what your sin is. I don't care what society is saying. At the end of the day, it is you and God, and he will move heaven and earth to draw you to him. This is the greatest time, I believe, in our society because we get the ability to share with people why we love God, why we do what we do, what are we called to do. And for those of you that are struggling with your purpose today, not knowing where you should go, wondering what you should be doing, guess what? If you know nothing else, know that God created you to give him praise and glory. So learn to do that. Learn to just bask in his presence. Learn to be grateful 
for all things. Lord, now some people say we shouldn't be grateful for the good and the bad. I believe we should just be grateful for all things because God is in the good and the bad. And, and, and this is why I say that, because we can turn it around. We can turn it around. Something bad happens, well, you know, Lord, I bless your name because you're still with me. I still have you. I still have your presence. I still have your anointing. It's all in one's perspective. Is the glass half full? Is the glass half empty? If you know nothing else, we are designed to give God glory in every area of our life. Ask yourself, can I give glory in my finances today? Can I give glory in my thoughts today? Can I sing praises seven times a day to my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords? What can I do to give God glory in my attitude and in my character? These are what we were created to do, ladies and gentlemen. I want to encourage you, put away religion, put away people. As I've done this week and for these few days, at this prophetic intensive is to steal away into the presence of God. Sometimes we need to go into a spiritual coma, so to speak, or a spiritual respite where we go and just surround ourselves with the things of God, the people of God, the presence of God, the music of God, the thought of God, the talk of God. We just need a Holy Ghost in- inducement of his presence. Because we go out into the world and though we have our quiet time and we read our word, we're constantly just beat up by the things that come. Life is every day presenting itself to us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So there are times where we just have to steal away and say, God, what are you saying to Dawn Marie? God, what are you saying to me? And feel your name in there. Because God wants to speak. He wants to speak. I used to hear people always say, God is always talking. And I would say, well, he ain't talking to me. But then I had to quiet myself. And I had to look for God. And sometimes I found him in the, in the simplest of places. And it might have just been in the fact that the sun was shining. And the way the day was going, you know what? I know he did that just for me. When I was taking the bus, the bus was there just for me. When I was taking the train in in California, leaving my job, it was right on time because he knew I was tired. When my boss was on my back about nothing, God would place people on my job. They just brought me joy. We have to begin to look for God in the simple things and just be grateful. Just be grateful. The word of God says that there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Do you know Christ today? If you were to close your eyes today, if you were to meet an unfortunate end, Where would you spend eternity? If you get sick, who do you call on? What's your reliability? And are they always faithful? God never, ever, one time, ever intended for man 
to operate autonomously or separated from the word from the presence of God. Go back and spend some time in the first three chapters of Genesis and look at what God did. Look at the order of creation. Look at why. Ask God. People say don't ask God, but it's a relationship. If you're dialoguing with the Father through the scriptures, why God? Why did you do it that way? Why didn't you do it this way? Look up the word and become intimate with your Father in heaven. And understand that not all are children of God, but only those that have accepted Christ. Only those. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheep? Think of it this way. Many of you may be mothers or you may have children or you know your name. And you can be in the mall and there could be hundreds of people all around you. But if one person that you know calls your name, you will turn around. You may not see them, but you know what you heard. Why? Because you were intimate enough with that person that you knew the sound of their voice. Does God know your sound? When you open your mouth, is God going to be able to say, that's Bobby over there. They need my help. That's Sally. Does God know your sound? Is he intimate enough with you? And do you know his sound? Are you familiar enough with him by spending time with him in word, time with him in prayer, time with him in meditation, time with him in how he moves in your life to where you know the sound of God? the seasons of God as he's moving through what he does for you. Does God know your sound and do you know he is? I encourage you today that as you sit and reflect, as you sit and ponder, it's time to go deeper. Find a way to steal away and become intimate with God. Reconnect in ways that you've never connected. You can't stay stale or stagnant. It's time to go somewhere else. God loves us with an everlasting love, and he desires us to grow from glory to glory. But we have to desire to grow. We have to desire to know that there's more to God in God than where we are right now. But that comes through an intimate fellowship with him. And sometimes it seems that God is so far away, but I believe that those moments happen because he wants us to seek him and to search for him. Because he wants to know how much does Dawn Marie love me? How much is she willing to give up of her flesh, of herself, to find me and to become intimate? God is a loving God, so much so that he sent his son to die for us, that we may, that we may move and partner with him in the earth. 
Think of it, ladies and gentlemen. God desires to partner with us. Or God never intended not to use us. So when people say to you, oh, the Bible, oh, that was written by man, hallelujah. Praise God that he would use fallible man. Even after the fall, he would still choose to to man and give us this wonderful, powerful, inspired book that he would entrust us with his word, with the thought and the mind of God that he would inspire man to pin down the thoughts, the mind, and the intentions of God. If he did it then, he'll do it now. God can speak to you and give you answers and understanding to so many things that are going on in our society today, in your family today, in your job today. He can give you the witty and vision. He can give you the strategic plan to do that which needs to be done in the earth that he wants you to do. But it comes through intimate fellowship. So I say to you guys this morning, as I am here stealing away, infusing myself with the things of God, I encourage you to infuse yourself with the things of God. Find that quiet place. Get intimate to receive a double dose, triple dose of the love of God for your life and in your life so that God can begin to use you. I don't care where you are right now. Get alone with God and let him begin to deal with those areas that need healing from what mama said and daddy did and Ray Ray and them. So I am excited. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys on Tuesday for our Tuesday show. Stay tuned. We're going to have an awesome guest. And then we'll see you back here on next Thursday at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. 7.30 Central, for another time with our God. I encourage you, God, to do all and be all in God, and I love you. See you next week. Bye-bye.